Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Happy Tuesday. It is April 7th, 2020, and I am going to read today's reading from The Language of Letting Go by Melody Beattie. So let's see what April 7th has to say. April 7th, those old-time feelings. I still have bad days, but that's okay. I used to have bad years. Sometimes the old feelings creep back in. We may feel fearful, ashamed, and hopeless. We may feel not good enough, unlovable, victimized, helpless, and resentful about it all. This is codependency, a condition some describe as soul sickness. Many of us felt this way when we began recovery. Sometimes we slip back into these feelings after we've begun recovery. Sometimes there's a reason. An event may trigger these reactions, such as ending a relationship, stress, problems on the job, at home, or in friendships. Times of change can trigger these reactions. So can physical illness. Sometimes these feelings return for no reason. A return to the old feelings doesn't mean we're back to square one in our recovery. They do not mean we've failed at recovery. They do not mean we're in for a long, painful season of feeling badly. They are just there. The solution is the same, practicing the basics. Some of the basics are loving and trusting ourselves, detachment, dealing with feelings, giving and receiving support in the recovery community, using our affirmations, and having fun. Another basic is working the steps. Often, working the steps is how we become enabled and empowered to practice the other basics, such as detachment and self-love. If the old feelings come back, know for certain there is a way out that will work. Today, if I find myself in the dark pit of codependency, I will work a step to help myself climb out. I like that. I like how it talks about detachment. I often hear that phrase, loving detachment. And what that basically means is living and letting someone else live and not being caught up in their emotions or the outcome of their decisions or their life. For example, I have uh, my parents are, I'm not going to diagnose them. They don't listen to this anyway, so they'll never know I'm talking about them. But they are not only codependent with each other. um, They are stuck in a very sick cycle of pain and suffering and go in and out of uh, what we call in my family hibernating. So they will go on what I am almost certain is a binge, um, and that probably includes alcohol and pills, whether they're sleeping pills or antidepressants, or I'm not really sure. And they will go missing for a couple of weeks um, doing whatever they do, and then it takes them a couple of weeks to come back, and then they're back to normal for a little bit. And so I have had to learn not to be drawn in by anger and frustration and hurt and judgment when they go through this cycle. Sometimes it can be a year where everything is fine. Sometimes it's only two months at a time. But there were years where I drank over this. 
and years where in recovery, I wasn't drinking over it, but I was so overcome with anger that you would have thought I was drinking over it. And so the way I have lovingly detached, and it took a while, um, some other family members are not there and I'm watching it ruin their lives, is I just put up boundaries in place. Now, it did no good for me to tell them what the boundaries were because they never listened to them. So the way I enforce my own boundaries is when I know they've gone missing or hibernating, I don't reach out to them. And when they come back, I decide whether or not I'd like to reach out to them again. But I am always kind. I may be firm, but I'm always kind. I don't bring up the past. I don't, I told you so. I don't anymore offer to give them help. There were many, many years where I did interventions and set up appointments with them at treatment facilities and family members got them sponsors. And my dad's come to a couple of meetings with me and set them up with therapists. And I mean, like, you name it, I've done it. I don't even address it anymore. And although I do specifically miss my dad, and I wish I was in more contact with them, the the fruit of my labors is they go underground, and I am unaffected, and they come back, and I'm just happy to hang out with them when they're good. So they don't like that. They are furious at me. I am not their favorite person right now, but it doesn't affect me because I feel good about what I'm doing. I've used the steps to help me get there, and I've learned how to detach, which for me is intimately involved with self-love. The reading talks about detachment and self-love. The reason I have to detach, if it's from a place of self-love, it's all good. It will turn out exactly the way it's supposed to. If my detachment is coming out of a place of punishment or judgment, that's when I'm in a bad place. I don't need to punish others. I can judge others till the sun comes home, till the sun comes home, till the sun rises or the cows come home. But it is not my job to condemn or punish. So I thought that was a really good reading, especially for our times. I'm going to look at it one more time and see if there's anything else that jumped out. Where are we? April 7th. I love the reminder. A return to the old feelings doesn't mean we're back to square one in our recovery. Sometimes these feelings return for no reason. I'm the kind of person that needs to figure things out so I can fix them. And I have to remind myself often, I'm an alcoholic in recovery. I can get dark and low for no reason. Today has been a roller coaster. I have gone from feeling euphoric and free and happy to dark and disturbed. And I don't know why. I've eaten. It's a beautiful sunny day. I'm clean. I took a shower. I smell good. I'm wearing really comfy clothes. I don't have to go anywhere. I've got a meeting set up for six o'clock. I've spoken to two sponsees today. I'm watching a new series. I'm reading a new book. Um, I don't know why, but I just, it's been a roller coaster. And it's like that, all, that thing I keep saying, which is like, oh, there you are. It is a constant companion. But as long as I don't, as long as I am water and not rock and I just go with the flow, it's all going to be okay. So I hope no matter what state you're in today that you're okay. And I hope if you're not that you know that it will pass. Love yourself today. Love yourself like you would love. I remember a sponsee in early recovery. I told her to like love her inner child or love her little self. And she's like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what the language is. 
And I said, okay, well, do you have like a niece or a nephew? She's like, nope, doesn't like kids. I'm like, all right, um, how about this? Do you have an animal? She said, yeah, I have a cat. I said, love yourself like you would love your cat. And she went, oh, <laughs> it's easy for me to love my inner child because I've done that work for a long time. I just imagine me taking care of my little four-year-old self. Um, but it doesn't come easy to everyone. So please love yourself today. Let yourself be where you are and do at least one thing that brings you comfort. And it doesn't matter if it's playing with Play-Doh or smelling a flower or having a, a cup of tea with cinnamon or going for a walk or closing your eyes and breathing deep for two minutes. Do something for yourself. And if you don't do it for yourself, do it for me. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening.